again. He gets the edge and he's brilliantly caught by Kawaja in the gully. Drops it at his toes and comes through for a single for the first time in the Australian summer. An Australian batsman gets the chance to kiss the bat. Head down the pitch. He drives. This could be it. He beats it off. The arm is in the air already. There's nothing quite like your first test century. The Renegades have proved that nothing is impossible. This is Test Cricket. Covering cricket across Australia and right around the globe. This is Stumps with Bryce McGain and Jordan Cornelis. Australia have swept the field. Five wins from five completed matches out of the six scheduled and things are looking great from a 2020 perspective. Last night's result was the best and the swiftest of the bunch and now an eye to the Tests with the Australia A match to kick it off against Pakistan. There's one last chance for the players in the Shield to impress selectors before the test squad is selected and the WBBL continues to excite. We'll speak to a Renegades player in this program. A day off around the suburbs for Bryce McGain, who joins myself, Jordan Canellis here on Stumps on this November weekend. Hello, Bryce. Good evening, Jordan. And you're right, a lot of Premier cricketers would have enjoyed the races for once, uh, <laughs> I think, today. Uh, a few of them, no doubt, uh, doing a bit of team bonding. Uh, they can't go too hard because... Uh, team bonding at the, at the track? Yeah, well, at the track <laughs> or even at the local pub. But they, as I said, they can't go too hard because there's a one day out tomorrow. So the Saturday-Sunday game trimmed down to a one day out tomorrow. So that's been the great weather this week. Uh, it's a shame it all, it seems to happen mm. uh, around uh, the spring carnival, but uh, that's what we're experiencing. It's been a very, very wet week, so hopefully all the games get underway tomorrow. Did you uh, did you enjoy the the races? Did you get a get amongst the the carnival? No, look, I, I didn't. Person? No, oh look, I am, but uh, I didn't get an opportunity this year. Just had a bit on the plate, but uh, had to cast my eye across it and. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, so had an interest in it, but uh, watched it more on the screen than live. Yeah. More than me. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I, I do like this time of year, and I have owned horses in the past, so um, I have a real interest, but uh, yeah, didn't get a chance to get out there this year. So the uh, the six 2020 matches that got the men's international summer underway, done now. We had the Pakistan series in the week just gone, and it sort of went the same way, I think, as the, the week prior against Sri Lanka. Australia getting it done uh, easily, especially yesterday, the first 2020, who knows? And the second one, that was a little bit that's, uh, that, that went on in that second 2020. Australia sort of went all the way to the end in their chase, but low scores all around in the uh, from the batting stakes. But in the end, Australia, as I said, the clean sweep. Yeah, it was. And I think we're, the, the things that have come out of it are that Australia now have a, a clear plan around their T20. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. And they are playing players in certain roles. It's not the bit part players, which they have done in the past. And generally it's been on the back of a test series or on the back of a one-day series. Oh, look, by the way, we'll play a couple of one-days. We might play one in one in Melbourne, one in Sydney, or even one in Hobart, whatever it might be, and we'll just fill in a bit of time. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, Australia have now been able to take an opportunity to put together a, a lineup. So they have they have set bowlers who are there to bowl designated 24 balls. They're not putting the ball into play as a part-timer. They have set bowlers. Stan Lake's come into his own as a big, tall, quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stark's been very, very impressive. He's in top form again. I'm really looking forward to this test series coming up. More on that later. 
But we're seeing our bowlers do that. Zampa's showing that why he's the number one T20 spinner. But then Ashton Agar's been in that mix as well. I know he didn't play last game. But uh, he, he to, for him to come into the side as a bit of a hitter, an outstanding fielder, and also um, be able to bowl left arm spin, uh, I, I think it's a, a really good matchup. And then we're probably a little unsure about Steve Smith. Where does he fit? What, what's he going to do? How's he going to relate to the T20? Well, I think we've got our answer. He's okay. <laughs> He's got it sorted, I reckon, Jordan, because he, he was ultra impressive. Uh, and it, it, it allowed – what it did, it, I think it took a lot of pressure off Warner and Finch. They could just go away and express themselves and, and know that they've got someone with incredible experience. If they got off to a great start, then away they go and – in the Sri Lankan series, that was Glenn Maxwell who came in, uh, who could then keep accelerating in innings. But then they've got um, that, that backup. If things go pear-shaped, we lose a wicket. Well, Steve Smith can come in and be smart, work his way through it. He's an incredible thinker. He's an incredible shot player. And, uh, you know, he's just bolstered up that lineup. So we haven't used too many assets with the bat. Uh, it's just been the top order getting the job done. And yeah. most impressively in that last game last night, Australia chasing down the eight for 106 from Pakistan. Pretty disappointing total, really, mm-hmm. in pretty good batting conditions. Australia did it none down, just cruised along in 11.5 overs. That's a thing as well. It's There's been a couple of matches now that Australia have played in these T20s where they've lost very, very few wickets. So, you know, we speak of Steve Smith, but he only got about half the opportunities actually presented to him because normally... David Warner and Aaron Finch had already done the job before him. They have, yeah. And I know that they're so intimidating for the opposition. Every country around the world knows how damaging Aaron Finch and David Warner are, and they're incredibly experienced around the world. IPL, all the cricket they've played in England as well through T20, that they've played so much good quality uh, short-form cricket batting at the top of the order. It's going to be a powerful combination going into uh, the World Cup. Now, we're 12 months away. I know it's a little bit of time for us yeah. to digest this all, but it all it all stands up pretty well. Did the scheduling of the T20s to the start of the summer allow a greater possibility for the, the selectors to pick the best team? Would it have been this way if the T20s were tacked on at the end of the test? Would, would, we, would we have had our best 11, essentially, selected in those matches if it was the other way around? Really good question. I I think probably not. They would have rested players. You wouldn't have seen Stark playing it. They'd usually rest him out of T20 cricket and, mm. and maybe bring in some, oh, let's have a look at this player and this player or maybe this all-rounder. Uh, so yeah, I think that's a really good point, that it's allowed them to throw out their best players. What might it look like in 12 months' time? And I, I think they're really clear on that now. I think it was a, a valuable series for them to look, you know, forecast. It's it's on the horizon, uh, you know, twelve months on the horizon. It's in the, in the medium term, but uh, I, I think it gave them a good opportunity to put all their firepower in, and uh, and we've learned a lot. Yeah, you can you can imagine after a six test summer that a couple of those players would think, oh, I'll just take the next fortnight off, I'm not going to play the 2020s. Whereas well, now you you get that chance to, as you said, the bowlers especially, that's probably the main one because they're, they're the ones that fatigue quicker. Yeah, and we know that um, Steve Smith before this series hadn't played T20 for three years. Yeah. So, it, yeah, he got banned for a year. We get that. But uh, the, he'd, he'd taken that time as a mental refresher. Oh, I don't need to play the, the, the pointless T20 at the end of the series. So I think it makes a good point. And oh, as I say, we've learned a lot. And I think Australian cricket in T20 is in good shape looking into Australian conditions uh, in 12 months' time, October, November uh, 2020. So how uh, – is this is this the team now? Do you reckon this is settled even 12 months out? Is there going to be, let's say, nine out of the 11 
Do you reckon nine out of the 11 are settled even for 12 months from now? I think it's real close. I think it's very, very close. What they might want to look for is some more power hitting, some genuine middle order power hitting. Yeah. I think Ashton Turner's good, and I think he's capable of that, but they might want a bit more depth at that. Really um, serious hitting. And that's where the Big Bash, now it's, it's an opportunity for all the players in the Big Bash to put their best foot forward and show that maybe they're the backup role for the openers or they're the backup role for that power hitting. And, and also players to uh, the death bowling, I think that's going to be ultra important. And uh, to who that might be, uh, there are an opp- opportunities for those players who can execute at the end of the innings because uh, it's such a specialist role mm. and and it really really will come down to who's executing at the right time and who can who can perform under pressure. So th- there's a real opportunity for some to come forward. So it's not locked and loaded, uh, but there's some opportunity for some. Who is the leading candidate then for the death bowler position? Well, we saw Scott Boland get an opportunity a couple of years ago for Australia in T20 because he just executed Yorkers really well. Uh, and then maybe he didn't quite uh, nail it last uh, Big Bash series. Uh, so it's really open. Uh, we know that uh, that Ty is... Be- with his slower balls and knuckle balls and also can, can bowl a good quicker bumper, but a slower bumper as well. His variation gives him a great opportunity. Uh, but I think also the batsmen have really sussed him out now and even international batsmen know what he's like and know what he can deliver. So it's about that ability to, to, to grow from that. Um, Faulkner was one of those players who could bowl yeah. out the back of the hand and, and then bowl Yorkers as well. But then the opposition bounce back they can they can understand well let's set set yourself up for the the slower ball and then hit it if it's just a bit quicker so uh i i guess as one player puts their nose in head of the pack they then suss them out and then work out how to play them so look there's plenty of opportunities and there might be one really out of left field someone who just comes in it could be uh you know for victoria's sake could be like a jackson coleman it could be a nick winter who who you know really deep in the pack but you know is a good swing bowler mm. but maybe that's exactly that ability to really um execute because he's a good executor of the ball could be a left armor doing something a bit different so it, the door is open. There's an opportunity for someone out there to really put themselves forward as that death bowler. Sean Abbott, could he be one? Yeah, absolutely. He, he was one that was really impressed last night with his bowling, took yep. the two wickets, but only conceded 14 runs as well. So he restricted the run flow of, of Pakistan, not that they had too many runs regardless to score, but he was the better of the bowlers. He was, and he just... He he bowled his best ball. That's all he did. He didn't overcomplicate what he was doing. Yeah. He, he just bowled his best ball repeatedly. Um, that was most impressive. Mm. And given that he'd been on the sidelines for some time, waiting for that opportunity, sometimes that uh, good players and batsmen and, and and bowlers, if they're on the shelf for too long and they're waiting, waiting for that opportunity, when they get the chance, they might be a bit stale. But he performed under pressure. It was most impressive. So what do we make of Pakistan then? Because they are the number one team in 2020s, but... Didn't put up too much of a fight in the in the last game, mm. um, first game as well, not so much. Middle game, it was a low scoring uh, affair again. One fifty was their target. Australia took eighteen and a half overs to chase it down, but they got there. Um, there was really only one player that stood up, stood up consistently for Pakistan. That was Babar Azam, the captain at the top of the order. Um, got the inning started. He's but, class. Yeah, but no one else followed apart from Iftikhar Ahmed in the second game, but. Yeah, it was uh, from a batting perspective, it was a one-man show for Pakistan. It was, and uh, Baba Azam is 
look, he's a star. Like, wow. We've got a serious cricketer here, and mm. that's going to be most impressive looking to the Test Series. Uh, he was terrific in the one-dayers there. Uh, sorry, the T20s. He, he to me, is in that, in that group right at the very pinnacle of world batsmen. Uh, you would put Coley in there. You put Steve Smith in there, and I think he's right up in that. We're going to see some you outstanding. He's right there. Oh, absolutely. Um, he, he played a series uh, earlier this year against South Africa, and they they really tried to bounce him out and really ruffle his feathers. But he was pulling and cutting and hooking, and he's a star. So I don't think um, that the bouncy Australian wickets will will necessarily scare him out or upset him. I think he's a genuine star. So I look forward to seeing what he can do in the Test Series. Tough ask, first game at the Gabba, I can assure you, for for any touring (laughs) team. First Test at the Gabba is always tough. Um, Their T20 performance, Pakistan, underwhelming. Underwhelming. I I was expecting more, and I I was expecting a whole lot more dynamic play but they looked a little scared. They looked a little scared of going out, and ultimately mm. with that sort of mindset, they didn't look free. Iftika Ahmed, you, you did say, um, got 60, I think, 60 not out in that second game, and and he was impre- impressive, some good ball striking there. But they were just underwhelming. They, they just looked a little shot, uh, and the, the bowlers, well, they, they didn't have any penetration. They weren't able to get any wickets. That was their thing. They they, they put the ball into play. They, you could see some potential of a few tricks there, but... Uh, they weren't able to get any Australian batsmen out. So uh, a little underwhelming for me. Yeah, only the three wickets from the two completed matches. So not much of a sample size to go off, but just the three wickets uh, in the end. So how, how do we how do we uh, sort of translate this now from the 2020s into the tests? The squad will change. Yes, it does. Uh, it changes quite a bit yeah, for, pa- for Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are we anticipating? We're still what, two weeks out, two and a half weeks out from the first test at the Gabba. So there's still a bit to go on. We don't even know the Australian team. Um, But what can we, just to do a bit of a preview, what can we expect from Pakistan in the tests? Well, what we will know is they have some firepower with their bowling. They've brought out some quicks. Their their test squad has got some pace. uh, and Some very young quicks as well. There are, yeah. And I think that can be a positive. That can be a positive. I think Sri Lanka... uh, did that recently and they played some young bowlers. And although uh, there were some mistakes in there and they weren't perfect all the time in, in a recent series, they, they they were able to just let them go. And they and I think that's where um, Pakistan can come over, over here with a fresh mind and go, wow, look at these conditions. We've got some bounce and carry. Let, let's use that. Uh, so they've come with the right firepower to challenge Australia. Australian batsmen in Australian conditions are savage, and we're seeing that straight away. Dave Warner, what a summer he's had already. He's just scoring runs left, right, and centre. He's he, he started with a hundred uh, in the Sheffield Shield. We'll get into the votes a bit later on in the show, but uh, then then he's just performed sublimely. Like he has just been batting beautifully. So uh, so he's all set. Uh, so look, I, I think that. The Australian batsmen just love batting in these conditions. They know that the runs will come. If they're bowling a good spell, well, we just need to get through that, uh, where it's not the ball moving all the time. It's not the continual challenge of, of English conditions and, and, and big seams and swinging ball. It's, uh, it settles down pretty quickly with a kookaburra ball. So that's the 2020 series done and dusted for now, and now we do turn to the uh, to the uh, the Test Series and the Tour match, which comes up as well. We'll chat about that in a second, and we'll get to the votes because we started this last week, and uh, we haven't given out our votes yet for the 2020s against Pakistan. So no, we Bryce, haven't. Bryce and I will go through that next. 
Well, I think the candidates are going to be clear and on who they are, pretty similar to last week. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Openers and yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, pretty much it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, later on in the show, we'll chat to Courtney Webb from the Melbourne Renegades who will join us after their uh, last ball victory in the WBBL today. And that's coming up later on in the show. This is Stumps, Jordan Canellis and Bryce McGain with you around the country. You're listening to Stumps, your weekly update for everything cricket. This is Stumps, Jordan Canellis and Bryce McGain with you this uh, November weekend after the uh, 2020 series has uh, been all wrapped up. Australia clean sweeping both Sri Lanka earlier and then Pakistan in the week just gone. Bryce, before we get into the votes, we'll be doing this throughout the summer. We give our votes for each of the international matches and also through the domestic seasons as well. Um, a bit of news that came out today uh, in the Australia A camp with uh, Nick Maddinson saying that he is withdrawing from the tour match, um, citing mental health reasons. We spoke about this a bit in depth last week around the Glenn Maxwell, uh, um, uh, the similar situation with Glenn Maxwell as well. And now we've seen another player, Nick Maddinson, do the same. He comes out of the squad. Cam Bancroft comes in. We can chat about that in a moment. But, sure. but Nick Maddinson um, out of the team. Mental health, we don't really know too much more than that. But again, like to reiterate your point from last week, at least players now have the ability to and won't r- receive any sort of repercussions for pulling out because of mental health. Yeah, so I think that's the first and foremost, that's the positive. The environment is around supporting the individual and understand, understanding that uh, anxiety and depression and mental health uh, is, a, is a genuine issue and uh, they need to be supported. Uh, they don't need to feel... Uh, incredible pressure and then be forced to fail uh, because of that and have impacts from that. Uh, Look, I I think it's good that Australia support that most definitely and that players can put their hand up and say, look, I do need to have a break. The second part is is that what we're seeing is as much as having the awareness of those sort of things, but we're also finding that a lot of people are struggling and a lot of athletes at the very top end of of sport are, are battling with that. Cricket's a really, really difficult game professionally, and um, I know many people might be in their car at the moment going, Phew, yeah, well, I've had a stinker day too. Yeah, cricket sucks. But um, <laughs> they, when you're doing it professionally and it, it is your livelihood, there's nowhere to hide. All the scores are available. Everything's on show, and you're only as good as your last innings. They keep telling you that. Mm-hmm. So everything relies on what happens next. So, yeah, you've done well now, but what's next? And are you going to keep that form going? Some players who master that are always at the very, very top of their game. So Steve Smith has mastered that, and I think he's come back from his 12 months off a much better player mentally and he's obviously gone through the depths of um, you know, incredible humiliation publicly in, in front of the whole world. Um, he's accepted that. He's, uh, he's dealt with that internally. And now he's much stronger mentally and can cope through and has this incredible mental capacity to bat for a very long period of time. But for those that are struggling um, and, and, and having some difficulties in, in controlling those thoughts and being on top of them, it can be a really, really stressful game. And... I think that Nick Madison may may have really fluctuated through his time. He's certainly been refreshed uh, by playing in Victorian in the Victorian environment. He's absolutely mm. thrived in that environment. He's scored in, in six Shield games, four hundreds, a double century earlier in the year. So he's deserved every opportunity at Australia A level. But um, maybe there's again the anxiety of performance to come through to Australia A. Maybe that's an impact as well. We don't know the yeah. any of the detail. But uh, it, it can be a bit of a roller coaster at times for for, for those that that are struggling. But 
firstly, again, credit to Cricket Australia. They're supporting these players, and I think it's terrific. We'll keep the speculation to a minimum, but one thing that did spring to my mind was the fact that he has come back, and now people are starting to talk about him a bit more. He's made some runs in the shield. He's been selected with Australia A. Some people have said, could he be a bolster for the Australian test team later in the summer? There are many spots up for grabs. Um, so that could that have led him in this sort of direction? Uh, look, possibly. And uh, look, it, it, it's difficult to speculate. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really difficult. Uh, we, we don't know the detail and nor should we really understand the detail. And he's not, he doesn't need to disclose what the details no. are yeah, other no, than no, no. he does need to have a bit of a break. And, uh, and I'm, and I'm pleased that, He's called that out and, uh, and and felt comfortable enough to be able to do that, and and it's supported as well. And I think as a as a community, we're we're much better at supporting uh, those that that need that type of support and understanding that their mental health is is critical to the well being of each individual. So the second part to this is his replacement in the Australia A team is Cameron Bancroft. Yep, there are already a lot of top order batsmen in this Australia A team. And Nick Maddinson sort of was one of them, but one that could have batted lower down the order as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam Bancroft comes in now, and they expect him to bat in the middle order or sort of top middle order around that mark, three and four. Um, his selection, did it surprise you at all, Bancroft? Well, yeah, yeah, look, it does a bit. His form hasn't been great. And his form, he, he was dropped out of the test team over in England, uh, replaced by Marcus Harris at the top of the order as Australia were looking for the, the right answer up there. They never really found it at the top of the order in England. Uh, everyone was uh, was sorted out with the new ball and, and no one really flourished there. So, look, he comes back and this is an opportunity and sometimes this is where it comes from, the, the least expected time where he would be expecting, oh, gee, I was really hoping to have some good form leading into that Australia A. I've missed out. Oh, well, I move on. I'll go back to WA. I'll put my head down. I'll work hard. And that's one thing he does do. Bancroft is a very, very hard worker. But now the opportunities come out of nowhere. And it's, sometimes it's these, the, the ones that can grab them, uh, that, that, that set them up for a, a very long period of time and, and build a bit of self-confidence within themselves, not only putting up a performance, but uh, within themselves a, a lot of belief. So, Look, it is a bit from left field. I wasn't sure that he he would be in this position, but he is, and uh, they're giving him every opportunity to, well, look for one of the the remaining maybe one or two spots uh, that lead into that first test. So the squad for the Australia A tour match, which begins in two days on the Monday, three day game in Perth, is uh, well, if you sort of if you were to put them one through to eleven, Marcus Harris and Joe Burns opening, Usman Kawaja. Probably at three. Will Pukowski's in the team as well. Travis Head, uh, now Cam Bancroft comes in. Michael Nisa, Alex Carey's the captain at Wicket Keeper. Jai Richardson, Sean Abbott, and Riley Meredith. So from uh, from an Australia A perspective, it looks like a pretty decent squad for those who are right on the fringe of of making that test team or players who probably need to sort of reconsolidate themselves in the main squad. Yeah, I guess I, I'd I'd imagine. Yeah, I don't know how they fit them in now. Yeah, because um, there's a lot of openers yeah, there. Yeah, there's, there's four. <laughs> Fundamentally, there's, there's three openers and, uh, well, I, I suppose Harris could bat at three. He's the test opener at the moment, so he's got mm. to hold that position. Burns is an opener, so he'll be there. Maybe it is Bancroft maybe batting at three, Kawaja at four. Yeah. But really, Kawaja's going to find his way into the test side as a top order or, or maybe at three with Smith at four. Um, 
anyway, they'll work it out. <laughs> I, I guess it's just an opportunity for how it is. They might change it in the second innings. Uh, but, look, I, I think it's a pretty good team. Uh, and, you know, that's a strong team. Good to see Riley Meredith getting uh, getting his opportunity uh, for Australia A in a red ball game. I, I think that's a terrific chance for him. Uh, Shane Warne's number one. I think at the moment he is his favourite uh, at the moment. Domestic young player coming through. Shane Warne likes to tag one, and uh, mm-hmm. I think he's tagged Riley Meredith. So um, I think he'll be very pleased that he'll be charging in and, uh, and, and firing them down. He's got some real good pace and does move the ball too. Young Tassie Quick, yes, yeah. It's a it's a very uh, it's a different looking bowling lineup. Michael Neeser has been one of the main wicket takers in the Shield for a while. Jai Richardson, we know, is right there on his Express, just outside the the, the New South Wales trio. Yeah, and then Sean Abbott, so he comes in with some good confidence now after the T Twenty yesterday. Yeah, he's a he's a good versatile player, Sean mm. Abbott. Really impressive, and and Nisa has bowled exceptionally well, uh, with, and and moves the ball. But uh, a number of games up at the Gabba have certainly assisted him. But he, he's a serious handful and, and also useful with the bat. So, look, it's a really good Australia. Eh? It's a great opportunity for many of them to put their their case forward. Uh, and I guess from a bowling perspective, look, I think the bowling lineup is rock solid yeah. for the test, yeah. but. A good form and good opportunity. Uh, there's no harm in, in performing well and showing what you can do at the next level. So let's move on to the votes then. So we started this last week. We're going to give out our 3 2 1 across all the international matches yes. for the men's during the summer and then also through the domestic season as well. Um, let's start off with the T20s from, uh, from, from this week just gone. So when we last left you, we had uh, after the Sri Lanka three matches, we had David Warner who. who Clean swept. He had three votes across all three matches. So he was on nine votes. Good That's early, impressive. good early lead. For wow! Dave yes, he's he shot out of the gate. Yeah, nine votes for him, and then uh, two votes each for Steve Smith and Glenn Maxwell, and then one each for Adam Zampa, Ashton Agar, and Ashton Turner. So, firstly, um, we haven't made the call yet. Do we? Do we count the first game of the Pakistan series, given there was no result? No, I don't think we do. Right. I don't think we can give votes. Are you, are you comfortable with that? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we can make up the rules as we go. This so, is our thing, so yeah. no, one, no one can say anything. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully our listeners don't mind that either. Um, there's going to be no votes for that game, although Baba Azam at 59 not out was was uh, most impressive, mm-hmm. and that's where he, he certainly caught the eye. Um, I think it's down to game two. Yep. Uh, Iftika Ahmed. So do you want me to go through my one, two, three? How do you want to do it, Jordan? Uh, yeah, you're the expert. I'll put the pressure on you. Okay, but you <laughs> no, can... We, you, no, we, we both contribute. Yeah, but but you can give the reasoning. Yeah, but you, you can then go... Oh, no, 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 no. Let's swap those around. Yeah, so right. I, I, you can have the final say. You can be the adjudicator. Uh, I'll revise. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll throw them out there. So um, special mention to Baba Azam. He got 50 or 38. Um, most impressive at the top of the order. But Iftika Ahmed, one vote for me. Uh, 62 in the middle order. Um some real firepower there. A strike rate of 82, so 62 not out was terrific. Two votes to Ashton Agar, two for 23 or four overs. I mm-hmm. thought he was very good there. And three votes to Steve Smith. He did the job, 80 not out, and made sure Australia won. 80 not out of 51 balls, um, striking at 156. So three votes for him. All right. So I'm cool with Steve Smith getting the three, clearly. Okay. Um, I... It was a toss-up between Iftikhar Ahmed and Babar Azam. I think Ahmed Ahmed helped push Pakistan along. If it wasn't for his innings, they would have been squat. Yep. Um, so Iftikhar Ahmed two. Okay. Agar one. That's fine. You're the adjudicator, and I'm happy to go with that. Okay. I I, we, it's going to be very Australia-heavy, obvious. We, we've sort of split this in half because it's going to be mainly for the Australian players because 
the foreign players will come and go, so we split them off into separate categories. But exactly. We don't want to. We don't want to just brush over the the, the international the, the tourists. Yeah, a good, yeah, a good performance is a good performance, Absolutely. and we need to acknowledge it, even if it's not for Australia. Now, exactly. game three. Game three. There are no votes for Pakistan in my list here. No yeah, votes. You, you can't really. No. So the, the the match summary there, Pakistan batted first, eight for 106. Terrific stadium. Gee, I love seeing cricket uh, in that um, Perth stadium. Uh, I, I think it's outstanding. I'd love to be over there for a game. Mm. So um, any um, people want me to go over there and commentate, I'm happy to do that. <laughs> I'd love to be there and watch it. Australia chased it down, none down. Uh, chased it down, none for 109 off 11.5 overs. So for me, with the ball, I've got one vote for Sean Abbott, two for 14 off four overs, one vote for me. Dave Warner gets the two votes, which pushes him a lot. Well, should should it be approved? Uh, 48 (laughs) off 35 balls was terrific. And Aaron Finch with 52, not out off 36, the three voter for me. I mean, you can you can throw a blanket over them, really. Yes, you can. You could put the, you could put this in any order. I mean, th- those are the three players: Warner, Finch, and Abbott. But you could argue that look, yeah. Abbott did the job. Yeah, like his four overs, his twenty-four balls, two for fourteen. That set up the low total that allowed Finch and Warner to go out there and and chase it with freedom. You could argue that. You Jordan. could. You could. Yeah, I'm so. Sort of, I mean, I, I don't want to be swayed here because I'm looking at the scorecard and the man of the match officially has been given to Sean Abbott. So I don't, want to, I don't want to be influenced by that because we are our own people, you and I, Bryce McGain. Very independent we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I say let's give let's give Finch the three, Abbott the two, and Warner the one. Okay, that's fine. And then yeah. Warner doesn't shoot too far ahead of our International yeah, exactly. Player of the Year. <laughs> and that takes him up to 10 votes, I think, on the leaderboard. It does, yeah. So David Warner's on, uh, on 10. I'm trying to do the math on the fly here. Aaron Finch, those are his first votes. So he is on two. Sorry, he's on. Uh, what did we say? I've lost track now. No, Abbott's on two. No, what have I said? You, you gave. <laughs> I completely lost. Lost. No, Abbott. Finch has got three. Finch three. Finch three. Abbott, Abbott two. two. One on one. one. All right. So Finch has got three votes. Sean Abbott's got the two votes, and David Warner's got the ten votes overall. And overall, Pakistan pretty underwhelming. Glad we got that cleared up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Controversy already yeah. uh, with stumps. Now, I do have some votes for the early rounds of the Sheffield Shield. Do you want me to keep them up my sleeve, or what would you like to do? No, let's do them. Let's set it up. We've got round four coming up in a couple of days from now, two days away. It's the final round of the Sheffield Shield uh, before the, the squad gets selected, before the uh, the tests start. So this is the last chance. So let's let's see where we sit at the moment. We'll preview the, the Shield matches coming up later on in the program. Yep. Uh, but where are we at the moment? Where have, where have you decided with the with the Shield votes? So, look, credit to Cricket Australia allowing the way that it's structured now, the programming for this summer, I, I think they've got it spot on. And what it's allowed is a number of the Australian cricketers to play in Sheffield Shield to have a good run in leading to that Test Series. So we see some good performances here, and they're going to be, they're going to be playing Test Cricket, there's no doubt, this summer because they've been allowed to do this and get themselves in good red ball form. Uh, through the Sheffield Shield. So round one was Queensland versus New South Wales. That was up at the Gabbo. New South Wales won that by five wickets. One vote for Harry Conway. He took five for 39 and really set it up in the second innings there of, of 17 overs. One vote for him. Love a Shane with a pair of 50s. He got 69 and a 52. Um, two votes for he. Uh, Dave Warner, three votes, 125. He set up it in day one, set up a great uh, score 
there with his 125. So that structured the whole game up to help New South Wales win. Really the only batsman to, to cope with the conditions up there early. So well done to him. Victoria played South Australia. Remember that at the junction over? That was a run feast. That was 600,000 yeah. versus 600,000 <laughs> runs each. Uh, so special mention. How about this for special mention? Andrews, debut 100, 101. Carey, 117. Just special mentions. Harris, 116. No votes for them. One vote, Will Pekoski, 123. Two votes for Nick Maddinson, 224 runs. Nick Maddinson, well done to him. But it was Tom Cooper, three votes for his 271 not out. So it was a run feast there. Drawn game, didn't really matter. Um, pretty boring game to commentate too, just quietly. <laughs> so the, the other the other um, game in that round one was WA played Tasmania. That was a draw as well. Very quickly through here, Jackson Bird with the ball, three votes. He took three for 51 and a five for 78. Eight wickets for the match. He gets the three votes. Tim Payne, two votes. That's where he scored his second uh, first-class 100, That's 121. Right, He's got two votes there. And Marcus Stoinis with a couple of 50s and a one for 58. He got 61 and 57 uh, in his batting efforts and one for 52 off 17 overs with the ball. So one vote for the Storm. Beautiful. So at the end of round one, got Jackson Bird, Tom Cooper and David Warner leading on three votes each. David Warner started really well. Yeah. We're, we're seeing that uh, <laughs> pretty clearly here. Now, uh, round two, do you want me to keep going here? How are we going? Do you want we'll get we'll do round two and then we'll cliffhang the round third round for later on. That's fine. I reckon. Yep, no worries at all. So round two, Queensland, South Australia. Queensland won by four wickets over South Australia. It was one vote to Nick Winter, pair of fourfers, four for eighty one and four for thirty seven, bowling really well. Two for Lava Shane, again in the votes, consistent performer, thirty two, but it was more importantly the seventy two he got in the second innings for the win. They're the players that Australia wants to see, the ones that are there when the winning runs need to be hit. They lost early wickets. He stuck together to help the Queensland win by four wickets. That was a bit of a, a real squeaky one for them. And three votes to Michael Nessa. He's, uh, he got five for 56. He set up the game and then two for 37. So three votes to Michael Nessa. Uh, the second game there, New South Wales, Tassie. Uh, this is where uh, Smith got 106 uh, one vote for him. Enrique's 124 and four not out for the win, but it was Mitchell Stark. He was the bowling destroyer. Um, New South Wales, Tassie, knocking over Tassie a couple of times, five for 40 and five for 20 in the second innings off 90 overs. So he was the chief destroyer there. Uh, the Victoria and WA, we might keep up our sleeve. All right, we'll do that later. Yep. We've got four games to go. Uh, this is Stumps. Courtney Webb is going to join us next. She's got a fascinating story. Only 19 years of age, but a dual athlete or dual sport athlete already and uh, had a very good day earlier today with the Melbourne Renegades who finally got a win on the board. Uh, they've had a couple of close ones. Finally, they've actually got one tilt in their direction. So we'll dissect the match earlier today with Courtney Webb next here on Stumps. You're listening to Stumps, your weekly update for everything cricket. This is Stumps, Jordan Canellis and Bryce McGain with you as we work our way through the domestic scene and now we turn our attention to the Women's Big Bash League, which is motoring along very nicely. Bryce, I know you've been keeping up with everything in the WBBL. Very uh, pleased with how the season's gone so far, I'm sure, and very pleased with how uh, the Melbourne Renegades have gone today, I'm sure, for for those involved there. Good win against the Hobart Hurricanes and uh, joining us on the program today on Stumps is uh, young Renegades uh, batter Courtney Webb, who joins us after knocking away 33 runs today. 
Jess Stuffen got the Player of the Match award, I think, uh, understandably, with her 75. But, Courtney, I'm sure you're very happy with your performance as well as you beat the Hobart Hurricanes. Yeah, it was good to get another win on the board. We um, we struggled the last couple of games, but it's yeah, great to be back on the winning list and to see um, our captain Jess batting so well. It's yeah, really positive signs for the back end of the season. Courtney, you, we finally got it done. We got over the line in a close <laughs> yeah. one, and I have no doubt you're, you you made it. Have put on a terrific partnership. You mentioned uh, Jess, but you put on a, a ripping partnership. But when you did go out, there were three balls to go and the game wasn't quite done. Were you, was your heart in your mouth going, oh, no, we haven't slipped up on another close one? Yeah, obviously really disappointed to be getting out in the last over when we only needed the three runs left. But um, myself and Georgia were and was at the other end. We had a pretty good discussion in just before the second last over that we, we wanted to get it to under four for the last. And I think, yeah, we had a good second last over, which... Sort of took the pressure off us a little bit, but yeah, obviously um, getting out uh, midway through that last over was uh, a bit disappointing from my behalf, but it was so good to see um, Maitland and, and Wolf get the job done for us in the end. Well, we're all really excited that you did get over the line. Uh, the, the difficulty in getting over the line in those in the past, what's happened over the last week to, to cope with that internally? Have you gone through these type of scenarios? You just gave good insight that you only wanted to leave it to four runs in the last over and do the work early, I suppose, uh, so that it wasn't too overwhelming. But are there little things like that you've spoken about as a team to, to really nail this one? Yeah, I think we've spoken a lot about our starts a lot um, and just making the most of that power play, obviously, Today we lost a couple of early wickets, which wasn't ideal, but we still um, had a good run rate. So it was still 40 off the power play, which gave us a, a fairly good foundation for how we were going to set up the innings. I mean, Duff's been batting amazingly, and we're really lucky that she was able to fire for us again today. And, yeah, we had a good little partnership, which, um, yeah, managed to get us over the line eventually. How have you been enjoying your cricket uh, this season, Courtney? You've made the... The, the move over from uh, from footy, you were with, with uh, Carlton in the AFLW, but now uh, your season here in the WBBL, you've made a couple of 30s and a 25 as well in your last couple of innings. So now you just you feel like you're easing into it nicely? Yeah, it's my second year over here with the Renegades. Um, obviously, I don't play footy anymore, so that's made um, life a little bit easier, I suppose, in having a lot more downtime and more time to rest and reflect. Um and, yeah, concentrate a bit more on cricket. So, yeah, it's definitely been a lot of fun again this year, and it's, it's good to get some little handy contributions the last few games as well. Courtney, that was a real struggle when both seasons clashed, didn't they? And I know that Jess Duffin had some, some challenges with that as well, obviously been playing for Collingwood. Now she'll head over to North Melbourne. But now with yep. the standalone and the, the fixturing of the, the Women's Big Bash in October, November, uh, it does make it a lot easier for those dual sport athletes. Yeah, I think Duff's actually the only um, cricketer slash AFL player left, I think, now. So she's obviously playing, um, yeah, Big Bash for us and then AFLW still, but just stopped playing 50 over cricket. I suppose that's the opposite decision to what I made earlier in the year. So I'm still playing uh, 50 over cricket at WNCL for Tasmania and yep. I've chosen to do that over the AFL at the moment. So that season runs uh, through till end of, Jan- uh, end of Feb. Um, start of March so that's where I suppose the clashes lie at the moment and yeah it was a tough decision at the start of the year where I wanted to go but I think um, cricket yeah it's got a really good um, foundation already with some full-time cricket programs around the country and yeah we're really lucky to be able to be training 
yeah, up to 30 hours a week down in Tassie and it was too hard to pass up an opportunity like that. Do you miss football now that you've you've made the decision or it's just really clear in your mind that your path is now for for one sport and that being cricket? Oh, absolutely. It's still, um, I still miss it a lot. It's one of my, the sports I've played for over 10 years and loved doing as a kid and just going in the backyard and kicking the footy with Dad. So I bet the yeah, footy comes out at the training, though. I bet there's a, <laughs> oh, I bet yeah. there's a Sharon sitting in the back of the, the cricket bag and you and Jess and the yeah. rest of the girls have a kick. Yeah, it was actually um, the first thing I packed in my cricket kit for footy. So <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> it's the most essential item for warm-up, that's for sure. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, stuff was great. Last year when we were both balancing the two, we um, we take the footy and we have a kick on the MCG or out at Eddie had after a game or before a game. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. And yeah, I do miss it a lot. I miss the team environment. And the girls at Carlton were amazing. I've definitely got some lifelong friends there, but yeah, still get to stay in touch with them all. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, um, it's yeah, still good that I'm able to play cricket almost full time. Fantastic. I'm sure uh, Tammy Beaumont and Danny White have no idea what you're doing when you kick the footy around being from England. Um, (laughs) Courtney, thank you very much for joining us today on Stumps. Great innings by you. Great win by you. Last ball victory for the Renegades over the Hurricanes. We'll speak to you again over the summer. Great. Thanks, guys. Well done, Courtney. Outstanding. Thanks. Courtney Webb here on Stumps. Bryce McGain and Jordan Canellis will return after this to wrap things up and wrap up the votes from the Sheffield Shield as well. You're listening to Stumps, your weekly update for everything cricket. This is Stumps, Jordan Canellis and Bryce McGain with you. Wrapping things up, Bryce, let's uh, give a wrap to the votes uh, for the Sheffield Shield. We'll go through one more and then we'll set up the week ahead. Yeah, unfortunately, another disappointing game for Victoria. It was against WA over at the Wacker and... uh, it was uh, Sean Marsh. He got three votes, 214, put his light, uh, his name back up for the Australian selectors. Many are saying, oh, no, please not. But uh, <laughs> he, he batted for 436 balls for that 214, an incredible knock. So three votes for him, two votes for Jai Richardson. He took a pair of three for, three for 58 and three for 40. And one vote to Sam Harper. Uh, not only is he a bit of a dasher at the top of the order for the Renegades and uh, a, an aggressive little player uh, with a lot of tricks and can hit the ball to 360 degrees, he really knuckled down in this game. And I think it's really broken through for him in his batting. He got 72 and 31 as he fought off um, a, a rampant WA. But uh, WA getting over the top in that innings, um, Sean Marsh with the three votes. Excellent stuff. We spoke to Courtney Webb just before. You can go and podcast that at Stumps Cricket on Twitter, and that'll lead you through to our podcast page where you can go and have a listen back to all the interviews we did. Had a great one yesterday with uh, Sean Tate, which uh, yesterday, last week. Last I'd week, yeah. Beg your pardon, with Sean Tate, which was really good chat. He's a beauty, isn't he? Yeah, he's great. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, the WBBL, let's wrap up what's happened today. So, as I said, Courtney Webb, right off the back of the Melbourne Renegades, winning by four wickets, last ball win. They chased down Hobart Hurricanes' uh, total of 150 and got there with, as I said, four wickets to spare. Jess Duffin scored 75. Courtney Webb made the 33. Uh, the Perth Scorchers won by two runs against the Adelaide Strikers. 173 the Scorchers made. Amy Jones. Now, Jess Duffin's your player to watch. Yes. was your player to watch. Amy yep. Jones is mine. Okay. The English uh, English wicketkeeper who's done very well with the gloves and with the bat as well. Yeah, she's impressive. 80 runs. Meg Lanning made 64 and the strike, uh, Scorchers got up by two runs and the Brisbane Heat won by seven wickets as well against the Sydney Sixers. So that's the, uh, oh, pardon me, that game's still going, but it looks like they'll, no, they have one. They just have one. 
Yeah, a little bit of WBBL action coming up tomorrow uh, with the the Renegades and Hobart and Adelaide are playing the Stars. Important games. Fantastic. See you again next week, Bryce. Looking forward to it, Jordan.